Hi everyone, my name is Anisha Murphy and I'm the owner of Just Law LLC. Hi, I'm Michelle Tran Marins. I'm the Sparkler in Chief at We Sparkle. Welcome to our podcast, We Just Sparkle. Where we provide business advice that grows sustainable entrepreneurs who shine. Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast, We Just Sparkle. Thank you so much for joining us. We're very excited today to be welcoming Haley. Uh, who will be telling us uh, about several businesses that she's been running. So we're really excited to dig in and learn about how do you juggle some of uh, these different businesses and different ventures and projects that you're working on. So first of all, um, Haley, Anisha and I are really curious to know just a little bit about yourself and, and how you started your entrepreneurial journey. So I, uh, I'm originally from London, uh, London, England, and uh, I moved to the US in 2009. And uh, I spent some time here when I first moved here, kind of, you know, figuring things out, figuring out what I missed from home. And a big part of my life at home was like London street markets. That was just like something I had always grown up going to and I grew up in Greenwich which has um, actually the longest running marketplace like it's had a market square in that site since the 1700s um, and so it's just like baked into the culture and the life there that that's what you do on weekends and <clears throat> I really missed that experience here and at that time um, kind of in the uh, late 2000s there was uh you know, farmers markets and there were things like annual craft fairs, but in terms of like a regular weekly artist market, that didn't really exist in any permanent capacity at that time. So I spent a long time hoping that somebody would start that and then eventually uh, got fed up of waiting and decided to try it myself. And uh, my background at that time was, you know, all in events. And so I had grown up uh, planning and uh, doing event production that had been my whole professional career at that point and so it was kind of a nice way to tie in like my professional experience with like just one of my like ways that I would choose to spend my free time anyway um, and so I uh, launched that business in 2015 we started Minneapolis Craft Market and we added Minneapolis Vintage Market in 2018. That's so exciting um, what is it like working with these independent artists, um, you know, what does it mean to them? And, and, you know, you yourself are a business owner, but then you're also supporting other business owners in a way through this, through Minneapolis craft market, through the vintage market. Yeah. Um, what is it like to, to support other business owners and, and, and artists? That's honestly my favorite part of the business. So like I see us kind of as a, a bit of a catalyst to all these other businesses. And right now we have, um, more than 1,300 artists that we work with through Minneapolis Craft Market. And then I think we're right around 250 vintage vendors right now. And so uh, that has, that side of things, the vintage side of things has really grown very quickly. I didn't realize that there was uh, were so many vintage sellers just in the Twin Cities. And that's something that even since we started in 2018 has really grown. We've seen a lot of new vendors come on the scene and start their businesses. Um, so it's really cool for us to be able to provide that outlet. And it was always meant to be um, almost a stepping stone is how I think of it. So, you know, you have people who maybe have a side hustle or a hobby or a, a, an activity or an art, that, an art form that they do. And then, you know, there's a lot of steps before you get to be 
a professional full-time artist or someone maybe with a storefront or things like that. And so markets are a really great medium for that because it's like uh, low investment, low commitment. It's a really great way for them to test new products, test, um, you know, their own systems, figure out like what their model is, figure out the types of products people are actually interested in buying. And they can do it in a really, uh, really low-key way. And so I think that's a big part of the popularity of it for vendors. Um, it just gives them a lot of freedom and uh, a lot of exposure to different audiences and different uh, kind of demographics that they can test out and see, you know, and, and something that we see with our craft markets especially is we go to venues all over the Twin Cities. So different neighborhoods have different uh, different audiences, different customer bases. And what works in one area may not be a good fit for another area, but that's like a great way to test that out, right? If you're a business owner and, um, for example, like a brewery in Northeast has a completely different clientele to Linden Hills Farmers Market. Those are two different sectors. Um, so that's like a really fun dynamic of it, that it's just this kind of constantly evolving, constantly changing um, we have new vendors coming through all the time, new customers coming through all the time. And it's it just keeps it really exciting, I think. Can you give more um, insight as to what type of work you provide these entrepreneurs that you work with through the markets? Yeah, no, we, we actually host pop-up markets. So they rent a booth space at our markets and we work with different venues and different um, organizations. So we partner a lot with uh, breweries, distilleries, farmers markets, music festivals, things like that to coordinate a pop-up market in their space. And so, you know, there's a lot of logistics that go into that. And so we take care of all of that stuff. Um, we kind of act as the go-between between like a park or a brewery or a farmer's market that wants to add that component. And then we connect and coordinate all the vendors, we manage all the logistics, we manage all the vendor communications and the promotion and things like that. Um, and so it's it's essentially just this like really self-contained, self-sufficient pop-up event that can really be very flexible and mobile and, and can, you know, in terms of what we need to host our events, it's basically like a big open space. That's all we require. And that's a kind of it, you know, and then we can essentially pop up anywhere. And, you know, our events are different sized. Sometimes we'll have 10 vendors. Sometimes we have 50 vendors. Um, but it's it's kind of a really flexible, nimble model, which has been interesting over the past couple of years, you know, the past 18 months, especially of just, um, you know, we obviously closed for a while during the pandemic when events were not safe to host and uh and now we're looking at adapting again and trying to figure out what that means going forward and as we move back inside it comes with those new challenges but um you know it's a, a really on the whole a really nimble business model which is really cool i have a follow-up to that um what of the businesses and the sort of so it sounds like actually you curate spaces for then artists to come in and sell um their 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 works and uh, whether it be at a brewery whether it be at a farmer's market etc yes. what is it what are you seeing um from your experience as sort of the the biggest um business issues like mat uh, essentials i should say 
that some of these businesses, like they have great products to sell, but their business acumen may not be um, up to par, meaning they may not have the business license in order to sell, or they may be a food business and don't have a cottage food license, or they may have yeah. um, a great design, but have not protected that with the trademark or something like that. You know, those sort of business matters that often get overlooked, especially when you're selling in those market type of experiences. That's actually part of our role is to uh, make sure that everybody has any permits that they need. Um, we don't specifically work with food vendors because that's kind of a whole other realm. And there are other groups that do a really awesome job of that. And that's honestly just not where my passion is. And so we direct food vendors to um, some of our partner organizations that we work with. Um, but in terms of like tax, um, tax, sales tax ID and knowing the tax rates and things like that, we, uh, that is part of our kind of due diligence as to when someone registers with us to be a vendor, we collect all of that information and we provide, you know, some advisory stuff, but usually we, especially when it comes to things like taxes and um, legal stuff, we would definitely advise people to, you know, consult a professional on those things, but we collect their ST19 forms, which is like the operator certificate of compliance and stuff. That's part of our role and, and what we're obligated to do. And that's a little bit of the safety that comes with working with a, a group like ours is that we provide some of that umbrella protection and we make sure that the vendors have those specific requirements in place or if a venue has a very specific policy around vendors must carry their own insurance for example or things like that we work as the conduit for those pieces um you know and then we obviously are connected to quite a few awesome organizations like michelle and i know each other through luna startups and i'm a member of the covenant i think you are maybe as well and you know, so there are like other organizations where we do sometimes get those questions, especially from newer people who are maybe just finding their footing or not sure what they actually need to have in place. Um, we definitely have lots of folks in our networks that we refer people out to. And um, yeah, it's, it's helpful to have those uh, tried and trusted relationships with different groups or professionals that we can refer people to because it's overwhelming starting a business as both of you know and um, as much as we can kind of help people along the way and make sure that we can share that experience and knowledge that's like a big part of what I see our role as being as well. That's awesome. Yeah I think that's what's so great is you're you're essentially providing a platform for people to start and, and, and test out their, their products and, and selling their products, not only with maybe some of those legal things that I know Nisha is always on the top of her mind, but even I'm more from the, the marketing side of things, you know, because you do a lot of marketing for them, um, that probably helps them with uh, getting new customers or people who getting exposure to people that maybe wouldn't normally know about them, uh, which, which I think is really an awesome way to, to build that platform for business owners. Yeah, I was just going to say part of the strength of um, of the model of this this business is that it's um, uh, there's kind of a strength in numbers aspect to it. You know, where uh, the more people that are sharing a consistent message, especially when it comes to event planning, like 
there are so many awesome events happening every weekend in the Twin Cities, right? And great things and great choices for people to spend their time and money. And so like a little bit of it is how do you kind of catalyze that and make sure that all of the effort is concentrated and and that your promotions are successful and things like that is is a big part of what we do because, you know, there's no like magic essentially to hosting a pop-up market, but you need to fight over the noise of all of the other cool things that are happening and and get your event out in front of everyone. So what has been your favorite part about this journey? Um, I think I would say just the way that uh, the Twin Cities have really uh, supported us from the beginning. And like, I felt very, uh, very held in community, especially in the past year, which has been so challenging. Um, you know, we saw that people adopted the idea really early on and it, we found a lot of success really early on. And the vintage market as well is just kind of going from strength to strength, which is really awesome to see. And, you know, I think with everything that all of us as small business owners have been through in the past year with COVID and adapting to that, to be able to finally come back. And I was so worried that people would have kind of forgotten about us, you know, and it's so reassuring for people to like welcome you back so excitedly and, um, you know, just to see that support and that everybody's so willing to kind of share in that and be be excited for that is really awesome. You've talked uh, about some of those challenges with, with COVID. Um, you know, I know, talking with you also being a parent and how challenging that mm-hmm. is to balance being a parent and, and, um, and running multiple businesses. Um, you know, what have been some <laughs> of the most challenging parts and, and what advice would you give to other businesses as they face some of the challenges that you've faced? Yeah. I mean, I think, or, I mean, there's so many pieces to this, right? It's this past year has been hard no matter what your personal situation is or what your professional life looks like, everybody has had to navigate this crazy, uh, unpredictable, um, infuriating at times new landscape. Right. And, uh, part of the struggle of like my job in the past year has been that events are typically planned and hosted so far out, right. We're typically working on a, three to six months timeline for like confirming venues and registering vendors and things like that. And so to just not have any sense of what that timeline looks like into the future or what the restrictions might be, or whether you can even be open and operating at all is, has been like the biggest challenge. And then you compound that with the fact that like, our kids were out of school or trying to, I have a second grader going into second grade and a preschooler, you know, so like managing distance learning and uh, a three-year-old being at home and then launching another new business in the Get Down Coffee Coffee, which we'll talk about in a second, is, you know, it's all, all of these different layers and it just feels sometimes overwhelming and terrifying. Um, but it's also super exhilarating. And I, now that I've had my own business for six years, I just can't ever imagine working for someone else. Um, and I think that that even 
probably extends to even client work is like, I just want to be able to direct myself and go where I feel the excitement and the passion and the, you know, and that's really why I love events, events-based work in the first place is because it's short-term projects, something really exciting that comes to this big, um, big, loud uh, culmination of, of all of your hard work and then it's over and then you close the door on it and you move on to the next exciting project. And that's just like, that really suits my way of working. It suits my attention span. And, um, you know, I could, I've always said, like, I could never do a job where you just went in every day and it was kind of the same and you knew what to expect. Like, I kind of thrive on that challenge of learning something new, building something. Um, and that's, like, something I've come to learn about myself over the past year. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to work with um, Houston White on some projects over the pandemic. And I started to realize that the thing that I loved wasn't so much the specific work that I was doing. It was like the entrepreneurial process. So building something, figuring out, you know, I've never done this before and yet we have to make it happen. How do I make it happen? Like, what are all the pieces that go into this? What does it look like to build a whole new system that doesn't exist or a new process or hire new people um and so that's been a really cool cool process to just like learn that about myself I feel like I've kind of come to this deeper understanding of what truly drives me and it's not the exact job that I'm doing it's how that fits into my life and how that keeps me engaged that's what I feel excited about uh as a follow-up to that five years down the line what do you see yourself doing Oh, <laughs> oh, that's I that question always stumps me because I feel like um, sometimes it's so hard to have that long term vision when you're like in the thick of a business. It's it can be like hard to to visualize that. So I would say that um, the markets. I feel like we still have quite a bit of room to grow into those and possibly expand to new geographic regions with those um, and build out our online systems more. So that was something we introduced uh, during the last summer when, when we couldn't have live events, we opened up a brand new digital marketplace. So it's kind of, I explain it to people as like a local only version of Etsy or what Etsy used to be, truly handmade goods by local artists, all Minnesota based, um, available for purchase online through our website and so that's really awesome and I think there's a lot of room to grow into that even more um, and then with the get down coffee company we are I my role there is the chief operations officer and so I was kind of involved with that project from the start where um, I helped do the crowdfunding campaign last fall and launched last November and uh, we've been running our online store and then we just expanded into Target. We're building our first cafe, which is scheduled to open this October. Um, and so the hockey stick on that has been really steep, you know. Um, and we're hoping that in the next five years, we'll be expanding to multiple locations with that and, and hopefully have it available in stores nationwide right now where uh, Target, Minnesota, uh, Twin Cities, and online um but we would love to see that grow to be a na nationwide 
chain essentially. So and I can't wait to see you in Target Nationwide too. Target, Walmart, um, Byerly, London Byerly's or whatever yeah. grocery sort of store that they're they have in the south or in the north, yeah. east, west. I can't wait to see it. That's awesome. That's the goal. Yeah. And also with the the cafes for that, um, you know, a big part of why the company was born in the first place is that it's about this kind of mashup of culture and fusion and you know, there are many, many coffee brands out there, right? Coffee is not new. Like, how do you make it anything exciting in coffee anymore when so many people are doing and doing it well, you know? And what we're really focused on is just this, like, cultural experience of how does it feel when you go into a cafe? Typically, specialty coffee is, like, very snooty, very white, very un unwelcoming, um, Everyone's, you know, got their headphones on, tapped into their laptops. Nobody's talking, laughing. And we kind of want to change that. We want it to be this feeling of community and space and laughter and conversation. And uh, we talk a lot about the morning time happy hour because as you get older, you know, you don't want to be out late at night. You want to start your day on a high. You want to go and have a, a great coffee meeting in the morning. You want to be energized. You want to get fuel you want to stop kind of up here. And then as the day fades down, then you like you taper out. And that's like the adult way to, to do things, right? I, I have no business being out past 9 p.m. anymore. I'm too tired for that. So I, I like to start up here and then, you know, um, so we're kind of really focused on building that experience and, you know, things like having music on the weekends in the morning. Um, I know that there's also a huge market these days for people who don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, I know that that has, is something that is just growing in popularity. And there are so many different communities that have never really been uh, served in that way either. You know, people that alcohol is just not part of their culture or religious uh, beliefs. And so how do we make more welcoming spaces where the focus isn't around alcohol or, you know, intoxication and just like how do you make a great experience that feels family friendly and safe and welcoming and open you know so our goal is to figure that out here in minneapolis and then add that in different communities all around the country that's fantastic kaylee i'm i'm very excited about all of your businesses all of your ventures and and watching them grow and being able to participate in some of those happy morning happy hours. And yes. I am a big fan of all of the pop-up markets that you do. Thank you. Um, how, what's the best way for people to find you, to follow you? Are there certain websites or social media that, that we can find out more and follow your journey and, and some of these pop-ups? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, we're big on Instagram as most people are. So it's uh, Minneapolis Craft Market or Minneapolis Vintage Market. Are both on Instagram, as is the Get Down Coffee Company. And then all three have websites as well. So just type it in the Google and you'll find all the relevant things. So That's great. And anything else that you would like to share? You know, I think uh, I'm just, I'm so excited to have been on today. And it's always so cool to meet other fellow entrepreneurs. And uh, I'm really excited to to stay in touch with you both. And I think both of the businesses that I have founded are like very focused on community and those connections. And 
we wouldn't be anywhere without the support of the Twin Cities community and beyond. And so I really thank you for, uh, for hosting me and for having these conversations. It's so important. Yes, for sure, Haley. You have been a joy to just hear about your story and just have an opportunity to interview. And I was going to say, don't forget about us little people once you make it big. Oh, <laughs> you know, you get into targets, you're going to need a lawyer. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I just you're playing. like, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. <laughs> right. No, no, seriously. No, I'm just playing. I am just playing. But thank you so much for this opportunity, Haley. It's been great. And I really want to, you know, dive in more with you. Um, the supply of diversity is something or just procurement has been an interest of mine now for the past several um, months and just digging yeah. more into the systems and how to tap into those corporate systems will be great for, you know, women-owned, BIPOC-owned, um, underestimated entrepreneurs. So we'd love mm -hmm. to off-the-cuff touch bases with you on that. But thank That's you funny. again so much for joining us. Yeah. And thank you all for tuning in to another great episode of We Just Sparkle. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>